back to another segment of Market Overdrive. It is Wednesday, and we should be starting at 10 a.m., but somebody decided to be late this morning. I was five minutes late. Yeah, that's considered late. You should be here at like 30 minutes prior. Hi, Nick. How Hello. Are you? How My you hair doing? is a hot mess today. I'm sorry. We're going to start this episode or show segment with Nobody My cares. Hair, um, because today's topic is really boring. Oh, look really at that. Boring. Really boring. Probably, I should have just stayed home today. Probably one of the most important topics in the entire scope of Market Overdrive is today's topic. And you're actually going to have, you're going to say it's boring because it's going to leave you out in the dust a little she bit today. She feels left out. She doesn't know what it feels like for us. You know, what is, you want to announce today's topic? Today's topic is the boring old topic as to, you know, who cares because we can all afford a mortgage anyway. But I guess it's supposed to be how to shop for interest rates like a pro. Wow, you that said that really idea. well. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Here's what we're going to do from now on. Next time we come on the air and we yeah. have a conversation about selling and buying real estate, we're going to be like, today's topic is going to be one of the most boring topics because we're going to talk about how to buy a house and blah, blah, blah. No. You know, it's a topic that's... It's simple. Go online and search it. Look, it's... Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. All right, well, we're done with the show. Everybody can go home now. <laughs> it's over. Go, Nick. Go home. <laughs> no, I think it's a very important topic, especially for everybody who's sitting on the sidelines and concerned about these interest rates going up and down and, you know, whether I should buy now or, as DZ like to say, until I find that dream property. DZ needs to hurry up and buy something. DZ is our studio guy, camera, elements of media. Shout out to DZ. Um, but seriously, this is important because... You're getting information from the pros. I mean, Nick, you've been in the business for how long? Woo, 22 years. And you bought how many wow. properties in your lifetime? Plenty. 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 So you you kind of know what you're doing. And I've done all sorts of interest rate type, different variants of interest rate, if you will, certain programs that would be a higher rate, certain programs. That so would you be were a lower around rate. when interest rates were like 14, 16%? Um, no, I mean, the, you know, in some cases, you, <laughs> interest rates aren't always crystal clear. The whole world doesn't get the same rate. Let's just put it that way. Uh, depending on what you're doing, depending on what type of uh, I get the best rate because I'm your friend. You know, you can get best rate for that product, you know, but not everything is four um, percent across the board, if you will. And you know what? Since I'm going to get an interest rates today, and I'm going to do a lot of talking about interest rates before I do the show, I'm going to actually throw my NMLS numbers out there, just in case the federales want to come and say, "Hey, what are you doing talking about interest rates?" Yeah. Did he say that, Javi? My yeah. NMLS number is one zero six three zero five four. You'd think I'd have it memorized, my like my Social Security or my. Uh, jail nameplate but i don't <laughs> so it's i mean like the fact that you're throwing that out there when we're talking about interest rates it's ridiculous it's, it's, it's every single time you got to stay compliant so yeah. javier garcia nmls 217343 javi's um, legit absolutely you know the one thing i tell people that interest rates are variables mostly of three things your credit score how much down payment you're going to put down on the property and then the loan type that you're actually going to take Right, because Nick is a hundred percent accurate when he says that interest rates are not the same rate flat across the board. Depending on the different kind of loan product that you're taking, it's gonna it's gonna have a variance. A lot of government loan products sometimes have lower interest rates, but you're paying a higher mortgage insurance premium in certain cases with some of those, and you're paying an upfront mortgage insurance premium. So it's very tricky when you start gathering your thought process and just to interest rates because it's a combination of everything. So, the topic of today's show is how to shop. All right, let's get on to shopping. Let's get on with probably the fundamental, what would you think is your number one fundamental to the process of shopping a mortgage interest rate. Um, and I'll tell you mine. I think we're going to probably be very similar. But what's that one thing that you need to start with before you start shopping? Credit. Correctly. Credit. I like that. You? 
you can have an opinion. I mean, it might not be a good one, but it'll be an I opinion. I mean, since when do I not have an opinion? Right. I would say call your realtor. <laughs> okay. And there we go. And this is why they're going to defer to me and Javier for the rest of the show on how to do this the right way. I like that. Why do no, we, credit why, is important. Let's, why do you need to know credit? And let's just stay on credit before we jump into other things. But credit, it's such a very important topic, um, especially today more than ever if you want to go to pre-crash it was a little differently versus today, but what what is it about credit? Why is credit score, I'm assuming, is where you're going with this? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, why is that important before you start shopping? Well, I'll go ahead and just say credit score is going to put you into a different category, a tier per se, right? Um, you have your A-plus tier, your A, B, C, you know, it's going to put you in a specific tier. You want to know exactly what category you fall in. Not only that, but you also want to know why your scores are the way they are. Um, in certain cases, specifically right now during this time period, a lot of people did a lot of holiday shopping. So maybe a lot of their revolving credit lines maybe are a little bit higher than usual normal balances. That's going to have an effect on the FICO score, right? So if you are going to be putting a 20% down down payment and taking a conventional loan, per se, it's going to have a big difference if you're a 690 FICO score or a 730 FICO score. Right. And maybe you are a 730 or 740 FICO score, but just at that time, when I pulled your credit, you had higher revolving balances on some of those credit lines, and that's why your credit score may have reflected a little bit lower than needed. Yeah. So I always say it's good to know where you stand to find out what you need to do to improve it if your specific loan type is going to require some improvements. And guys, I was joking a little bit when I said, you know, go online, but most pe- most buyers start online, Don't right? They online. start looking. Well, but when you're talking it's about okay credit and you're looking at credit scored and, you know, how much debt people are, are carrying, um, you know, what, do you do you advise that they contact a lender right away and you guys will pull their credit or can I do a soft pull and find out if I can qualify for something? I I think going online will give you an idea of, you know, if you haven't looked into buying a home in years or you haven't looked, even to buying a car, it's, it's not just homes here. We're right. talking about interest rates. I mean, it goes across the board. And you haven't, you know, I, I had recently bought a car and I haven't bought a car in years. To be honest with you, I didn't know where interest rates on car loans were. So I, yeah, I but in on, comparison, I mortgages on, just seems to be more overwhelming, right? Because the need amount a gauger. is larger. You need, a ga- you need a gauger. So I went online and looked at like typical car rate loans and saw, okay, they're in the high 2% to the low 3% or for good credit. So I got a gauge. Right. I wasn't going in uh, blind saying, oh, what are rates today? The dealer's like 7.5, you know, because then I would have obviously told them that you're completely wrong. But I needed to at least have a window of what I was walking into. So if you're doing some at-home math, you know, and you know you want to buy a house and borrow two hundred thousand dollars, and you see rates are in today. They're in the fours, low fours for the right. most part. At least you have that, call it guide or benchmark to kind of start calculating your own payments. At least start somewhere. Now you're going to have to get into some nitty gritty, okay? And that's what the show is all about. And I think that when you're going to get into nitty gritty, going back to credit score, uh, today, post crash, we've put every twenty points. Seems like it's another interest rate, or I should say it it affects the interest rate. It's a different tier. Pre-crash, essentially anything from a 620 credit score up to a 719 was one category, and then there was a small improvement, and it might have not even affected the rate, but it was actually a small improvement of profitability towards the lender. Sometimes it could tip the rate, sometimes it it didn't. It was like a quarter point if you, a quarter point improvement for profit margin to a lender if you had a 720. And I'm going back to 2006 here right now. Right. Post crash, a 600 to 619 credit score is different from a 620 to a 640 credit score. Six, I'm sorry, 639, 640 to 659. We start keep. You notice how we keep going every 
twenty nine point or nineteen like points, twenty to thirty points is right, a different is a different level, a different level of risk. Until finally you hit the mecca of seven fifty or seven forty, depending on where this loan is being sold to. Seven forty seems to be the the, the top plus flight. High, best so possible rate a category. Perfect score for it's, the best I interest rate. I guess you use the word perfect. I mean, it allows you to have the flexibility of your lending options. When you have a 740 plus FICO, you basically have all options on the table. And you'll have the best so possible So, what do you say rate. to someone that doesn't even have any debt out there, any outstanding debt, maybe a student loan, but not, no credit cards? I've never been on my own. Um, you know, do you have to go out there and get um, some trade lines in order to qualify an upper absolutely. score, or does that really affect the score? No, absolutely. One of the things that I've learned is uh, you have to have at least anywhere between three to four trade lines to really start getting your FICO scores into that realm. You can't just have student loans um, and have that be your only form of credit history, okay? Uh, because then that's a lack of credit history. So that you know, the credit bureaus don't have anything to gauge on. That's why I'll tell people, you know, revolving balances, your activity. That's where there's really no algorithm. Nobody has ever really solved what actually gives you your FICO score with all of these, uh, the three uh, credit bureaus. But there is a certain algorithm that you need to follow in order to be able to get into that 740, 750 range. Yeah, because I want to know how to get, <clears throat> excuse me, how to maintain a 740 credit score, right? If you don't have, if you want revolving credit, you're meaning like credit cards. Can I pay them off at the end of the month and just have that as, as credit, available credit? Uh, or do you guys want me to maintain a, a balance? Like, how do I up my credit score so I can get that best optimum rate? Well, that's a good question. First, first and foremost, you're listening to Market Overdrive. We are live today and Wednesday every day, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. on our WG. WGN Radio family. What are we going to use WGN for today? What's it called? We've we're done. not going to do we that. Can you now. just focus to what we're talking we about got, so we can get to okay, the information right, people want to hear? Um, but also follow us on YouTube, <laughs> Facebook Live. Um, obviously, you can follow us on our website as well, marketoverdrive.com. Moving forward, you know, I don't want to sit too far into how to build credit because that's actually a whole other show. It really is. And we can sit and burn all day long on how to build it and what you should look out for. Yeah, but Ideally, when you're shopping for a rate, you want to know that you, you know, you're know like your the score. most awesome person in the world. Like, I have a 740 well, score. You better fight for my business. When you're shopping for a rate, well, let's just slow down for a second. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes to fight you don't have the time to build your credit if you're in the process of buying a specific property. Well, yeah, but that's so why you property, do your homework and you prepare ahead. Well, circumstances are what they are. Sometimes you might just not be able to get to a 750 anytime within the next year. So you have to work with what you have. So what I'm trying to get at is, and I think what me and Javier are both trying to say is at least know what it is. If you know what it is, you know what you're going to say to the loan officer or loan officers that you're going to speak with over this time period. So that is probably, you know, and, and I want to warn everybody real quick on credit. You can go to like these free credit report, credit karma, credit karma and all these places don't get shocked that if that's not exactly what your score is when an actual lender pulls it. Right. That's a gauger as well. And, it's like and a soft pull scoring system, which I, I don't even... Oftentimes is off by, soft by enough. Um, exactly. Well, and, and also when you're talking about those third-party websites like Credit Karma that are doing a soft pull on your credit, there, there's three different bureaus, right? So how do you, how do you, right. what, what score do you look at when, when you're analyzing credit or when you're determining somebody's eligibility the, the for middle, financing? The middle so it's score. the middle so FICO have, score? Yeah, if you have uh, Experian, Equifax, and uh, TransUnion are the three main bureaus, and what we do as lenders is we pick the middle score. Okay. Um, we don't take the one that you like the best, and we don't take the low score. Right. We take so the there's not one. like an average of the three. No, there's it's not just an average the middle of the score. three because a lot of the times it depends on the credit line that's where it's reporting. Mm-hmm. So you might have a credit line where you miss two payments, but that credit line only reports to TransUnion; it doesn't report to Equifax or Experian. So maybe that's going to affect your TransUnion score a little bit more. 
Um, but mm-hmm. I would say a couple tips is try to keep your balances on the revolving credit credit card accounts. Keep them below at least thirty to forty percent at all times. Thank you, Javi. See, this is information I'm trying to, to make gauge. Sure that that way your scores are not going to be affected because of your you know use of revolving trade lines. Um, make your payments on time. That's kind of like a no-brainer. No-brainer. And that's right? what I'm saying. Do you keep balances or do you pay off at the end of the month just to show that you have available credit? I need to pay interest, so I pay off balances. That's right. And I, mean, might, I don't and care what you say. You're like, that, a, um, you have money. I'm talking about like the regular me, you know, I want to buy well, a house. Well, he said it very good. He hates to pay interest, so his motivation is lack of interest. He doesn't want to pay out any credit card debt, but unfortunately, some people actually need to, mm-hmm. to establish credit cards. Keeping them at 20% is going to probably get you the best possible score. Um, you don't want to be a ghost on credit just right. because you have a lot of credit, but you haven't used it now. Right. That doesn't help you either. But let's move forward a little Wait, bit. Wait, can I ask one more question? Sure. So if, <laughs> I have a question. So if you um, are renting, can you use your landlord's, um, your payments, your rent payments That's as credit? That's not going to give you a credit score. Unless the That's another conversation does report. I've seen a couple of people where they are renting, but they're renting from a management yeah, company. Yeah, property management offices report. Not often, but. If you're renting, generally speaking, you're not going to have a trade line from it. It's not going to give you the score that we're talking about typically. If it's very rare. I mean, it's got to be probably like a Fortune 500 type management company that you're renting from, yeah. um, which is not a big part of the rental market. So let's move it forward a little bit. Credit score. You absolutely need to know it. If you don't know it, it's going to make it really hard for you to... Um... Hello. <laughs> Hi. Can I help you? <laughs> I'm kind of in the middle of something right now. Um, Welcome to McDonald's. Can if I you don't know your credit score, you're going to have a really <laughs> rough time truly shopping for an interest rate. Right. What would you say is the second thing to help you shop like a pro? I would say second thing Call Carla. credit would probably be determining what my down payment is going to be. That's good. Javi's on point Go today. Ahead. See, and you were late because you were doing uh, taking an application, so I we was forgive you. He was yeah, in lobby doing. He was, doing he was actually working. He was doing. He was in lobby doing. And allow me to do a market analysis for my clients. So thank you. Right. Uh, what's the next one? Down payment makes sense to me. Oh, we're just jumping over that one, huh? No, I just answer your oh, question. Okay. Down payment makes sense to me. I think how much money you're going to put down, it's right. going to determine what loan product you're going to qualify or want to purchase. Correct. Right. Absolutely. This is um, I'm still the client. Even though you guys think you controlled everything because you're a lender and you're gonna let me borrow money, I'm still the person with the 740 credit score. What? But nobody buys well, that let's, house let's, without that money. Whatever. Let's uh, let's ride on the down payment conversation for a minute. Why it's important. If you're shopping with, uh, you're gonna call four or five different lenders. If you change the down payment number to every single lender. You might as well change the credit score number two to them. No, you run the same scenarios, apples right. to apples comparison. And this is a problem, though. Really? Where you have people that say, oh, I started, you know, I got a rate from so-and-so, and this is the interest rate. And, I, you know, then you find out that they were, they told that person they were going to put down 20%. And then as a loan officer, you're sitting here listening to, they only want to put down 10% or 5%. And this is not an apples per, per apples comparison. The down payment is one of the biggest drivers next to credit score on determining your best possible interest rate. You have to shop this fairly across the board. Right. Otherwise, your shopping is completely off. Can I tell you something? So mm-hmm. when I do my intakes with my buyers, I typically say there are only two types of loan products. One where you're putting 20% down and the other one where you're putting less than 20%, right? And after the less than 20%, that 
t- t- takes you into the realm of like the FHA, the 5% and the 10%. But typically, if you're putting less than 20%, you're going to carry that mortgage insurance premium. Otherwise, you're business partners with your lender because you're vested and you're putting 20% down. Is that correct? You are. Yeah. That's yeah. accurate. Right? I'm the boss. Right. So anytime what? that you're doing 20% down, that's where you avoid more. Because it gets so confusing. Everybody's like 2 or 3K loans, FHA loans, blah, blah, blah. But at the end well, of the day, it's less than 20% or 20%. You know, I think I think down payment's going to walk. I'm going to go but in. But it gives you like a credit rating is going to have a big deter- detriment as to what kind of a loan you're going to take, right? If you're an A plus, you know, credit score type of person, let's say you have a 765 score, you're going to put 10 percent down. How do we go from 740 to 760? Let's you guys just are go just upping the criteria. Anything over 740, anything over 740 is good. Okay. So I had a, a client came to me with a 760 FICO score. I immediately went the conventional loan option, okay? Give him his quote, give him his interest rate. He shopped around. Some other guy gave him an FHA quote, right? Well, for him, it didn't make sense for him to pay that 1.75 upfront mortgage insurance premium. He was going to have slightly higher mortgage insurance as well, too, with the FHA. But what attracted him was that the interest rate was about a quarter point lower than what my conventional loan option that I threw at him was, Right. So it's a difference in comparisons in regards to where you fall under. So it's very important to just kind of gauge exactly, you know, step one. And you just threw a lot of variables out there, though. Like, let's wash it down, dumb it down a little bit. This is why me and Nick say every loan is like a fingerprint. So right. Yeah, okay. So rates, you know the interest rate. Let's that I go get is back to like FHA that- later, like kind of work down that dynamic. But if I have a 740 credit score, I can ba- basically demand the best out of you. I want the best credits. I want the best From rate. The interest rate perspective. And I don't yeah. want to put a lot of money down because you know what? I'm conservative but, with the. I want to stay liquid. I but want to you keep- have to stay. Con- uh, the point that we're trying to make here, when we say number two is know your down payment, you have to stay consistent. We establish your credit okay. score. All right. You have to call. Four different lenders. If that's what you want to do and call four or five or 50, you have to tell them the same exact down payment. Okay. For example, I'm currently in the process of this morning on the way in, somebody, one of my old clients says, my brother wants to buy an investment property. They got a quote and I want to email you the quote. Can you beat it? Great. Fine. Let's do it. Why would they email you the quote? I want to know what you're going to give me. They wanted me to look at it and see if I could beat it. And it was a good quote, but it was very clear on there, an investment property they want to put down 25% to get the rate that was quoted to them. There's a big difference, or definitely an interest rate difference, because as I'm in the middle of this conversation, it says, oh, yeah, but can you do it with only 20% down? No. <laughs> no. There's right. a change in rate. Right. You can't ask me to beat that rate the way they quoted it, and then after I give it to you, you want to keep the rate and just change your down payment. Right. Again, another variable you threw out there because now we're talking about multi-unit properties and multi-unit properties are going to demand a different type of down payment. Well, knowing your down we're going to get to make Depending sure you're shopping the, the same. If you're right. occupying the property as your primary residence. We're starting to run all over the place. No, we're so not. Please, I just want to go back. Please, so basically really you're saying so in, order, in order to shop like a pro in 2017 or whenever, you obviously you're going to start online, but first you have to check your credit. And then you also are, if you're going to test it and check with multiple lenders, you should always keep consistency and always you know compare apples to apples. So if you're going to get, you have a 740 credit score, you're going to put 20% down, call three lenders and find out what they're going to give you, what interest rate they're going to give you for that specific loan product, correct? Know your down payment. And right. I, I'm assuming you've made your decision on what type of house you want to buy. That's just kind of a given. We're not going to make right. that a step. But if you're looking to buy well, a condo, you'd be surprised. Looking... I mean, some buyers come to me and they're like, I want to buy a single family and right. they well, want to buy a two quote, flat. You're going to quote the same house across the board. It's just a common sense thing. Most people know what they're going to buy because they want to buy that thing. If they want to buy a single family, they want to buy a single family. But if the house changes, 
the product. Start all over again. Yeah. Okay. If the house, this is under the assumption that you know you're buying a single family home right now. Let's just do this show. So very on that. basically, identify the variables, mm-hmm. right? You know your credit scores first thing. Know your down payment. It's assumed that you know what kind of property you're looking to buy. I mean, know your house. I mean, you shouldn't even be doing wasting anyone's time shopping mortgage rates until you know your house, I would assume. Right. Um, Wait, what do you mean, know your house? Is it a single family house? Is it a two unit, three unit, four unit? Wait, but I, I haven't even started shopping yet because I don't know what I qualify for. So I may not be able to qualify for a house because I can only but afford a condo. But you're asking for a quote, right? So a condo quote might be different than a single family residence. Especially if it's a high rise, it might be something different. <clears throat> So that's where you go into the variables. So and see, and I just want to make it complicated, just so you know how You're difficult it, it is complicated. Right because when people start online, these are the questions that are going through their heads, right? right? So that's why I think you should start right away with the lender. Talk to a lender. Talk to a realtor. Find oh. out, like you know, what is your buying power? And if if depending on what your income is, right? Because that's also another variable, income. Right. Well, that's why you should just start by going to marketoverdrive.com, submit your information, and we will get back to you and Shameless. tell you and tell Promotion. you what's your next step. Depending on what the problem is, you can find us obviously at our website, marketoverdrive.com, or you can go to WGN Radio and their website, YouTube. We are on YouTube because um, if you didn't catch this show live today and you want to just go back and refresh it, you're going to be able to find us on our YouTube channel as well as, of course, Facebook Live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Down payment, credit score. You said about, you know, when we talk about shopping online, you have to, before you go and do that and make your decision online, everybody has their assumption levels somewhere differently, and we are actually discussing assumption levels as we speak on this show. So be careful. There's a lot of, there's another another button you have to hit over here before you truly understand, hey, this this interest rate is quoted by the loan amount as well. That will affect rate. Um, This interest rate is quoted assuming you're putting down 25%. Because every lender kind of puts out this big shiny penny saying, look at us, we're 4.1% today with $1,100 in fees. That's true for other assumptions in the back of this disclosure that says it's a $300,000 loan, it's a 25% down payment, it's a 750 credit score. So we're trying to give you the assumptions in this show, things you need to know to go out there and compete fairly Amongst everybody. So I'm going to dive into number Not three. Not necessarily compete, but negotiate the best rate for yourself, right? Well, know yeah, what you're worth. You, you want to make it a fair competition so that you actually pick them. I think the goal is you want to find the cheapest lender, right? That's what your ultimate goal is if you're shopping interest rates? And by cheapest lender, do you mean like the best interest rate or just costs associated it's an all with in the one, transaction? It's an all-in-one combination. combination. Well, so, I, you'd be surprised how many buyers don't even think about the costs associated with the finance. They, they're only shopping the rate. Well, the thing is that I always, one of the things that I love to compare, like when I'm getting shopped or whatever, I kind of made my, my living initially my first five years when I was doing an originations, just working leads from Lending Tree and things like that, right? So you in that shopping process, what people need to understand that there is going to be probably three expenses, specifically here in Illinois, right, that the lender has absolutely no control, whether I do the loan, whether Nick does the loan, whoever does the loan, it's going to be the exact same dollar figure. Transfer taxes, right? So you're going to have to pay a tax in the city. Certain when you're purchasing cities have it, an right? asset or anything like that. Certain cities, certain counties, there's going to be a transfer tax. That's going to be the same regardless of which lender you use. All right. Title fees. Title fees are predetermined here by the seller's attorney. So we can get not you everywhere the in the country. Quote. If you're listening outside of here, yeah, that's I'll, a little different. But it's either way, it's a third party in Illinois, fee. It's an attorney review state. So here it's a third party fee, and a lot of the times we can give you a quote 
But that quote's going to be inaccurate because at the end of the day, we don't have a seller's title invoice. We don't have any any of that until we're already in contract, in escrow, and already in progress with the transaction. Yeah. So then when it comes to lender fees, fees, yeah, okay. So let's so, get to the lender-specific fees. When you're talking about fees, you really should keep your focus on lender fees, okay. not these third parties, because if you're pinning it down on that lender to make that decision, they're not. They're, they, they don't control those right. third parties. So when you're shopping for a rate, know your credit score, know your down payment, and focus on what is the interest rate and how much are the lender fees, not right. third-party fees. Because unfortunately, there's been some really poor shoppers out there that get manipulated because someone underestimates those third-party fees and they trap you in right. because the total closing costs look lower. But the reality is, is when it comes d- time to those third parties kicking in, exactly, then you're already you know, 60, 70% of the way through with this loan process. You're kind of committed and you realize that his fees aren't so bad, but now these other things are starting to tally up. If you shopped total fees to total fees to total fees, one inexperienced loan officer in that mix could have screwed up this whole thing if you you yeah. shopping. So always just compare lender fees. Right. I think that's more that's apples to apples comparison. Compare interest lender fees and, and, and interest rates. And right. the lender fees are in the, in the form of like appraisal is going to be kind of basic, right? It's going to be... Yeah, appraisal yeah? is a third party fee. Right. So, you know, right. but in that regard. processing fee and loan origination fees are kind of what we're loan looking at. Loan origination fee, origination charge. That's what you're really looking at when you're looking at your loan estimate. You know, you don't have a good faith estimate though, you know, anymore. You use a loan estimate. So you're going to receive that from your loan officer or at least in some form of itemization sheet of some sort to give you a breakdown of exactly everything. Um, But that's the one thing that I always kind of tell people is just focus on the origination fees when you're really comparing it. Um, Also, take a look at what your long-term goal is with the property because that has a significant impact. If you're shopping for the best possible interest rate, well, if you know you're going to sell this home in the next three to five years, maybe you might want to consider a 7-1 arm or a 5-1 arm at that particular point, right? Now you're going into the specifics where you really need to dive into that kind of dialogue with your loan officer, your mortgage banker, whoever's assisting you to really set up the best plan of action for you. So I think, we've, I think we've unofficially created number three. Look at interest rates, interest rates and fees together in yes. comparison. Don't just look at rate, rate, rate across the board with four lenders because if you haven't talked about fees, those rates might be identical but the fees might be way different I from lender to lender. I was going to put that at number four. Were you? I was going to put number three. As you before you even start comparing your whether well, or not I just said we created. Rates, I, I just said we created number three because we dove into qualify. it. Right. I, so I, we've already knocked out credit. Yes. Right. That was number one. Well, That's important. Credit okay. debt and Down all that payment. other jazz is part of that. Let's just find credit. out if you even qualify for the loan before you actually start comparing apples to apples and doing. Well, all that's of this when you you will know right? that if you have a good credit or not. But if you credit is everything. But we can right? argue you that you have a seven sixty FICO and a hundred thousand dollars in the bank, but your W twos only show forty thousand. You're now like, but we might not be, be able get, to buy what you want. But we might be getting complicating here. If you find out if you qualify, you've gone through the gambit with one person. Do you really want to go through the gambit with five of them? Meaning you've submitted, you've pulled credit, you've submitted docs, you've done this. I think that personally, you could still find out and get a very good test of what lender is going to be, let's call it the cheapest overall. Um, Most affordable. submitting. I like that name If better. you know your credit so score, you, you know your down payment. with one and then shop? Notice how they're just Inevitably, you're going to have to get like, into, <laughs> inevitably, you're going to have to get into truly qualifying. Right. Inevitably. But- you can decide who that's going to be after you've given all four places, let's just use the number four, three places, the same parameters to gauge off. So if someone calls me and says, calls you and says, hey, Javier, I have a 750 credit score, very little debt, I'm putting down 25% on a single family home, I want to know your rate and fees. That's enough for you to say, 
if everything you're saying is true, you should have a 4% interest rate and we charge whatever, $1,500 in fees to do that loan. There you go. You can still keep shopping. I don't think you need to go qualify yet because if we pull it up and there's a bankruptcy last year, all bets are off the table. Yeah. And I think you understand that you've never told anybody about that bankruptcy. You've never I told. Forgot. But that falls it's back. It's an emotional, and, and, and traumatic by the way, period credit in my score, life. <laughs> credit, know your credit score falls into stuff like that. If you have to tell somebody you had a bankruptcy a year ago, two years ago. You have to make that a very clear part of your credit picture. A lot of people don't want to run their credit report five different places. They still think. Oh, that that's a good question, though. That, does it really affect it? Because I ask Doesn't people really? ask me that all the time. Does my credit go down if I keep getting lenders pulling my well, credit all the time? Yeah, I guess we'll back up to that for a quick second. Um, there's some myths to that. Okay. There's been some changes post-09. I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah. Um, Why are you smiling? How in you, the old like, days, well, there, see if he's because gonna, honestly, it's like a there's some myths myth. to it. There's there's well today it is. Yeah. Um, in the old days, if you shopped for a mortgage and you ran it at six different mortgage companies. Your credit scores start taking little hits, two points right. here, three. I think some of the bullet borrowers. It's like minimal. It's not like, oh, dramatically, well, I can't know, afford it hey, now. Hey, if, if you lost nine qualify. points in the old days, you could, oh. have fall, you could have fallen to a different parameter. A threshold, different. Yeah. Co- yeah, um, okay. We've seen bad brokerages in the old days take one credit not report. Not you, of course. And take one credit report and submit it to seven lenders trying to figure this loan out. And it's been run like 15 times in a, in a three-week span. Oh, and the client and the doesn't client even know it. doesn't even know it because they authorized oh, wow, that the, the original brokerage to do it. And in the old days, all of a sudden, you see all these hits. And then, yeah, we've seen 30-point swings. Can we back up back a little then. bit? Because now you're talking about the difference between a broker and a lender. No, we're not. No, we're not. We're not, we're not no. That is a whole other show. But that doesn't show. happen no, anymore, right? No, no. there's a whole other show for a whole other day. But come on. Day. See, because there's so many, again, there's so many moving pieces. All right, we got 30 minutes left on the show. <laughs> So I'll take lead on what we're doing Fine, next year. because right. this is so boring. See, this so is so today, boring. So to go back to the actual question that we were trying to get to, um, if you ran your credit a few times, in post-09, the bureaus had made some changes where if you're shopping within a, a, in a reasonable time frame, so I think it's been like within a two-week span, and you've actually- an 11-day Is it 11 days? That you had. Okay. At least that was like the rule of thumb that right. I remember reading. So you ran four mortgage reports in, a, in an 11-day span- a small window, the bureaus now can read that you're just shopping. You won't take the hit. Oh, cool. Right. Okay, now, but it's within that window. He was the one who actually kind of. This is unfair to people that. to shop, right? Because obviously, usually when you get your your credit pulled or something, the first thing that your loan officer is probably going to say is, "Don't have your credit pulled by anyone else." Well, no one else is going to give you any form of a quote or anything like that if they don't at least run your credit because they're giving you some form of product offering. Right. So what the CFPB enforced was to give you some form of a grace period where you can freely shop for a mortgage because you are a consumer. They want you to get the best possible terms and conditions for your home mortgage without it having a detriment to your actual FICO right. score. And now that's a go ahead. It's a mortgage, all right? So you can't go and go to Macy's exactly. and go to Nordstrom. And then oh, go to Chevy and, and, yeah. and, 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 <laughs> and go to BMW. a house, furniture, right. and everything. If you go across the gambit, it's not the credit you are going to see that hat. they're going to think you're losing your mind and you're about to unload. Did this guy get diagnosed with like terminally ill. Like- <laughs> and you see, this is why I sit back and just say, "Hey guys, is my client approved? Can we right. move on? Can I start shopping now?" So <laughs> it's it's so it's okay much. to run your credit at several places because you can't. It's really hard for us to now do a lock. Right. If let's say you, we win the bid, okay. if we're the mortgage lender, and you know they called Javier and Javier said four point one two five, and they call. Can you they, take this example away from him? 
Or vice versa. They call what, what Nick there? and then they Javi gets the buyer because Nick, your, your rates uh, suck. Did you, did you have, are, are you have ESPN? Do you know what I was going to say? Yes, I do. Go no, ahead. You have no clue what I was going to say. You call Javier, he gives a 4.125. You call Nick, he gives a 4.125. Then you call somebody else and they give a 4.0. That person wins, right? Okay. At that point, you decided to lock your rate with that individual. He's not going to lock until he actually sees the credit score. So you're not going to just have him throw out a lock, reserve $200,000, let's say, for you on, on your behalf without actually knowing that he has the credit score to honor that lock. So at some point, people, you are going to have to pull the credit. However, I don't think you need to get there yet. If you already know your score, you can do a very good apples and apples. This is my opinion, Javier, and you might have something different. You could do a very good apples and apples knowing what your score is from a gauger. I think if you put everybody on the same page and you call four lenders and you say, I have a 750 credit score, 25% down payment, single family house, what is your rates and fees? You know who is arguably the cheapest. Now, we can get into a whole other conversation. They're all so damn similar. Right. You know, they're two, three hundred dollars off. Nick is two hundred more bucks expensive than Javier, or and and both of those guys are three hundred dollars more expensive than the other guy who had the lowest, slightly lower rate. There's other decisions to make here other than just rate and fees. Who did you feel comfortable working with your loan when you talked to them on the phone while you were shopping? That's a whole other equation on making a decision. Today's topic is rates and fees and how to do it, though. Right. You know that is. How to shop for rates like a pro. Right. But I think it's, it's very important because at the end of the day, when you're trying to put a deal together, you do need somebody that's going to be savvy. I listened to you when you were on the phone talking to one of your bankers and then you call your manager, what have you, um, because there were some intricacies in the way the underwriter was looking at the file. And you were like, can we use, you know, you were being creative with what you could do in order to get. And I want to use that word, you know, lightly creative. But, you know, you were able to fi- figure out a way to save that deal. And I think that what you're talking about, it's not just about the rates at the end of the day or the the costs associated with the processing of that loan, but who's going to get the deal done? Yeah, it's about yeah. the service that you're going to be receiving at the other end, right? So I, you know, when I, I've been and doing expertise this for is part years. of the service, but you could be the nicest guy, and I love you for it. But if you're going to give me the best rate, and I know that at the end of the day, this is going to be a complicated deal, I want you to re- represent me on the that in that is transaction. Something that's very important, like I, I made my name doing the online lending and all that stuff, where I was competing with, you know the online hubs in you know Kansas and in Arizona. Um, so I know how that game works. Tough but racket. One thing, yeah, Ooh, absolutely. It's the worst industry to be in. Right? Really? Oh, online um, lead purchasing? Yeah. Oh, it's, my God. It's, it's something, but you know what? It allowed me to really get into the head of the online consumer, the person who is going to shop for the rate. And the one thing that I always kind of tell everyone is that there's a certain service and an expertise that comes with whatever product offering you're receiving, right? Because I know I'm not going to have the best rate every single time. That's just a fact. Yeah, but there's a lot of things. what that... you're providing with your interest rate and with your closing costs. Like I have a team, I have an assistant, I have bankers that assist me to make sure that everything goes smoothly or there's some form of you know, transactional touch with everyone in the transaction to make sure that at least everyone knows every step in the process. There's a lot of different things that come into it. So don't always just focus on the interest rate because right. I guarantee you, you can go on bank rate or you can go on some of these and probably have someone who's like half a point higher or half a point lower than everybody else. But there's going to be a reason why. Well, I'll give you a really good example of something you should be aware of. And I don't want to, again, fall off the tracks too far, but you have, um, you have staying relevant to what you just said, you have different types of loan officers in this industry. Yeah. You have uh, what we call uh, lead jockeys, where all they do is they get paid a, a small salary and a small profile 
fee. They're not very well equipped. They're not very knowledgeable. And their job is to compete in the internet world. And there's some people that, you know, that works for some of the very simple, absolutely crisp loans out there, specifically on refinancing. There's no realtors involved, no attorneys involved. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to do that loan if you're if you're a really low LTV, great credit score. Um, and, and the companies have priced those loans incredibly low because that's their demographic, right. you know, and that's all they're going for. And they might seem cheaper than going to someone like me or Javier. Uh, the reality is, though, if you're buying a house, there's a whole bunch of other nuances that go on here. There's attorneys. There's a buyer side, a seller side. There's, you know, inspections. There's but more ty- so there's the variables of the be, specific load and the specific property, right? right. Dates right. have to be met as well. You shouldn't probably run the risk with somebody that doesn't have a whole lot of experience. Oh, wow, no. And he might be $700 cheaper. Right. That's a bad time to get cheap. Yeah. It's a real bad time to get cheap. So be aware of what type of LO you're talking about. I'm not going to name, and I'm not here to endorse other companies, but there's some really large conglomerates that put out these prices. They look amazing. And we make our living off of those guys, right? right. Because it, it always ends up a disaster. And we always end up um, taking the loan over. And, and I'll tell you that rates and fees, you know, today's show is about shopping and to know what you're getting. Um, it's not like a product where you actually, you know, it's not like a car and you, you can judge the car. It's a service industry. Right. You know, so a rate is a rate and a fee is a fee. Um, but, you know, to kind of keep it moving along, I'm going to jump in here and throw in what I think should be number four. I think what you said is kind of, if we're going to put it on a list, put it at the back end. Finally, yeah. you got to see if you're really approvable. Um, my opinion, and I think is the most important thing on how to shop like a real pro. What is that? All of these are equally important. But in order to make it fair for yourself and the people that are doing it, mm-hmm. do it on the same day. Why? Oh, because of rate variables? Do it Absolutely. on the same day. And this is going to probably take up 15 minutes of some of the things that is the biggest mistakes anybody shopping for rates has ever done. Okay. I have recently taken in quotes that were quoted at the end of October pre-election. and pre-election, right? Yeah. I look like the most expensive man in the world right now. Why is that? What kind of rate quote were they getting? And I know right when they tell me the interest rate that they got quoted on a 30-year fix, when it happened. Exactly. Right? So I'm getting people saying, whoa, you're, you're a four-point, huh? <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, Your you know. Your election happened. What, what, are you, what, did, what were you told on this 30-year fix? I was told 3.625. And right away... I know what happened. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, was it was it was it October? You were told that or November seventh? Which one was it? No, when this happened in December, I text all my clients. It was like, oh, there's a rate increase happening, and you know, it's going to affect your affordability index. But let me just tell you why I want you to do it on the same day. Well, for that matter, there's some day. Most of the time, we're in a seasonal rate movement. I think Javier and I could probably tell by the rate you say you were quoted once before. We could tell that was pre-spring. We could tell that that was in the dead of winter. We could tell you it was in January. We know where the market was. Uh, Rates don't typically move in a really big fashion of a half a point. They just don't. However, they can, on the course of any given day, move by 0.125 or even as bad as a quarter in one day. That's actually kind of normal that they move up and down by an eighth in any given day. It's not a shock. It's a somewhat of an aggressive market that just happened. So if you're telling me your goal is to find the absolute cheapest interest rate and four lenders told you 4.125, 
yesterday and rates fell tomorrow and you called one fifth lender and he tells you it's 4%, he wins, right? Of course you're going to say he wins, right? But you didn't bother going to those other four on the same day because they might be at 3.99. They might be at 4% with even lower fees because these things do change daily, literally. Come 9 a.m., the rates are posted. Come 5, 5, 5.30, the lock desks are shut down. What does that tell you? It moves with the market. It's not nearly as much as, as aggressive as buying penny stock, but it is a market. You're so amazing. Well, that's that is. Oh my god! If you don't He's do it on the same day, right now, unfair. There's sometimes where you're looking at the market. How many times have we won? The same. How many times have we won? Because the market. How many times have we won? Because the market has gotten better over the last Absolutely. two weeks, and we're the last guy on the line. And they're like, "Well, what do you have? Oh, I got a three point eight seven five. Oh, wow, wow, you're so much cheaper than everybody else. I'm not going to say anything now. Yeah. I'm not going to say I'm cheaper because you, you quoted that rate two weeks ago. I'm going to say, yeah, we are, sure. Okay. We're, because the conversation's <laughs> over. You quoted me in an unfair predicament compared to everyone else you've quoted. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of deals and bad decisions are made um, by not shopping on the same day. Yeah. Go ahead and no, jump absolutely. in on that. Absolutely. No, because I have that in situations where I see the markets trending in the opposite direction, and I kind of tell my clients, hey, you know what? We're going to pull the trigger on this now and just go ahead and lock it as opposed to kind of – Rates literally change daily, sometimes three to four times per day. I remember that post, post-election, just about every loan officer was probably looking at their pipeline. Oh, I wanted to kill which themselves. Which deals are we going to save? Which yeah. deals are now officially not on the table? Just because there was a significant swing. You're looking at a quarter point to even half a point in certain cases, depending on the loan product. Right. And, you know, you, and take, if, you take a big hit. And if it's not the rate that's going to change... Specifically, so let's say you know rates that were quoted yesterday were four point one two five with twelve hundred dollars in fees. It might just be the rate's still going to be four point one two five, but everybody's fees just went lower, right, or higher. So make so it affordable. Yesterday it might have been twelve hundred bucks was kind of the norm, and today four point one two five might only cost you three hundred dollars. Other lenders do their fee schedules differently according to what rate they're delivering. Right, they have to predetermine their uh, call it margin levels okay. in advance and they typically stick to those within a six month time frame so it's not like they're trying to make more or less profit on you they're literally committed to a certain profit spread for a while yeah. um, it's more about hey what's changing here the only thing that the only algorithm that can change with that rate sometimes is the fees it could be cheaper to get the four percent you were looking for tomorrow and can you negotiate those fees i mean if you're talking about you rates can. and you shopping can. like a pro i want to keep the rate but then you're kind of the higher you, end you, fees can i negotiate your fees go ahead i always gonna, <laughs> I, I have the luxury at my place where i can always negotiate fees i can always do that right i have certain level agreements that i I want to be able to provide to you know my referral partners and everything else. So I usually will give my quote and say, if you do receive something that's better than what I'm offering you, give me an opportunity to compete for with it. Yeah. Right? Everyone has a P&L. Everybody has you know mm-hmm. a certain way that they manage their business. Profitability branch managers have you know certain leverage of what they're willing to do, make a business decision on something. That's why I always tell them, if you're going to shop, you think you found something better. Give me the ability to be able to compete for that business and at least see if I might be able to beat it. And there's not a massive 
negotiation in there. I mean, we're talking like, like if a little bit. Giving you like are we talking about like two hundred dollars or a thousand dollars? Yeah, here. it could Just be like the, the cost of four hundred dollars. Oh could my be, gosh! It could be All a, this time for it this? Could be, it could be in a four, four and a quarter so turns into four point. Overwhelming and tiring. Well, it could be I four and a quarter turns into four point well, one two five. Realtors are negotiating. I kind of have this as a situation, right? When I'm asking for seller credits, sometimes realtors are not very well adapted to you requesting for seller. Are credits you talking crap about realtors? Yes, I am. So a lot of the times, they have issues with like requesting the seller credits. They're like, no, we're not going to submit that offer because we're going to get denied. It's like, you know what? Find out what the seller's net dollar figure is. We don't have enough time for me to defend that that statement. So we're going to leave it at that with your whole 3% versus non 3% closing cost credit. I just wanted to wrap this up and um, acknowledge that you've said that in order to shop for interest rates like a pro, you have to know your credit score. So basically know what you're worth so you can negotiate for the best rate. So if you're telling me that I have an amazing credit score of 740 plus. Stick with um, that number with everybody you quote. And then also maintain the same variables such as the property type, uh, down payment amount, and also, you know, know your credit score. You don't have to get it pulled. If you get it pulled within 11 days, you're okay. You're not going to get a hit on it. And then if I go, if I package this to you and I present it to you and you give me the best rate based on a 30 year or 15 year uh, fix, then you can always, right, it's going to be the same variables, but I can always negotiate for, you know, fees if you're giving me the best rate. Right. And and I think we probably should have, there should have been a number three Three A, number three B, and a number three C. You actually said something. You make sure you're shopping the same exact loan program. You don't call one lender and say, "I'm doing a thirty year fix." When we said rate and fees together, no, I think once it, you, you identify where you're going you to go with, call, in life, you it, decide whether you're going to do a fifteen year or a well, thirty year. Well, it's unfair year. to call Nick and ask for a four uh, thirty year fix, and I tell you four percent. And you call Javier and you say, "Oh, you know what? Me and my wife changed our mind. We want to do a fifteen year fix," and he tells you three point five. Those rates are different because they're different programs. Exactly. So you got to make sure you're giving. We probably should have thrown. Pick the program and stick with it, um, or ask all three of their programs. If you're interested in all three, you can say, "Hey, right," because some people don't want wife, to put a lot of money down. Me and my wife haven't decided if we're going to do a thirty-year fix, fifteen-year fix, or a seven-year arm. Quote me all three, or five percent down, ten percent down, or twenty percent down, or three. You could do all down. of that as well, um, but the reality is that you have to. Comp- whenever you're comparing, compare the apple with an apple. So, because you know. We, all, as lenders, have certain things we really focus our energy on. Let's say we really want to focus on marketing 15-year fixes right now, and so that's our... There's times when my rates are really good in certain areas, and, and I'll tell you the truth. There's times when I am getting beat up on jumbo rates, um, and I've, it's always been a hustle for me, and there's specifically two banks, national banks, that make the jumbo world really difficult on all of us retail lenders. Um, so, but you have to... So you propose get a quote an alternative. On, you have to get a quote on all those programs and then move on because some lender might be good in one program and some lender might be not as aggressive on other programs. Right. That's how you compare. But again, know your credit score. Know your down payment. Look at the interest rate and the fees together. Shopping on the same day. Shopping on the same day to me has always been the secret to truly getting the identity of each lender and what their true profit margins, if you will, are. We're all getting the same rates from the same place. Right. Right. All these loans, for the most part, these A-paper loans under the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, they don't do loans. They just buy them. And obviously, if you are not in that predicament of 740, you're less than 740 credit score, then you know you're going to take a hit on the rate, per se. Is that what we're saying as well? Sure. And obviously, if you're not putting a lot of money down, you're considered a higher risk for the lender. Mm -hmm. So all these things constitute a lower interest, I'm sorry, a higher interest rate because you are, your risk for the lender. Mm -hmm. Good job. I like that. So, so I, I was okay coming in today. Hopefully we made you a pro. 
I've already been in a pro. We can do this over and over again, and there's probably 150 things that we actually forgot. Yeah. Honestly, it's, it's really hard to fit in It's not as complicated as selling minutes. real estate. I think our how to, sh- how to do, buy and sell is not like about, a pro this show is not about so you. much more exciting right. than this. The reality is, is <laughs> you know, um, we're going to wrap the show up. We're going to say it one last time. Credit score, down payment, rates and fees combined when you're shopping, and, and make sure you do it all on the same day. And always make sure you're staking with the same program when you're getting these quotes. Um, I'm going to thank Carla Mina for contributing absolutely nothing valuable to this conversation today. I'm going to thank Javier Garcia from the Federal Savings Bank for actually contributing things that are very good for tips on how to shop like a pro. You really my annoy me every single is day of Nick my life. Nick of Ilone. I am wrapping this thing up. Thank you for listening to Market Overdrive. Again, <laughs> you can follow us on marketoverdrive.com or Facebook Live, which we're on right now. Or, of course, go to our YouTube channel, subscribe to it, or go to our WGN Plus iTunes account. I'm just going to go back. And to you can subscribe on iTunes with us. Kids. How to Chop Look at Pro. We did it. We taught you. And we're out of here. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.